Welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. I'm here with Antigone Goni, the Greek guitarist who's uh, living in Brussels and uh, has, has quite, a, quite a career going on spanning the globe. I, I understand you spend time in, in Brussels and in, in London and here in the States a bit as well. Indeed. So how are you, yes. Antigone? It's good to see you. I am well. I'm very well. It's nice to see you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, yeah. so you're in, you're in Brussels at the, at the conservatory there. Little little exactly. trivia for you. Um, Marco Aurelio Zani di Ferranti was also on the faculty of the Brussels Conservatory. Did you know that? All right. No, I did not. <laughs> he was teaching Italian, though. Uh, okay. So, so there, oh, there aren't any vestiges of Ferranti lying around in the in the conservatory. Like he didn't leave. No. <laughs> How long have you been in Brussels? Well, I have been in Brussels since 2003 in the faculty okay. and moved here 2004. Okay. So that uh, little detail there is that the first year I did it commuting from New York City to Brussels every two wow. weeks <laughs> to teach. I was young and crazy back then. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so how often were you doing I that? Every, do. every two weeks you were, you were going back and forth? Every two weeks because I, uh, when they called me to, to have an interview and uh, eventually audition and join, uh, it was, I, I was running contracts in New York with Columbia and Juilliard pre-college. So I told them, well, right. listen, I mean, before I move my life over, you know, and my poor husband that we just got married back then, <laughs> before I also get a divorce for that matter, you know, let me check. Um, <laughs> how we actually like each other so the first year I, I did that I would teach Juliet pre-college the whole morning of Saturday jump on an airplane arrive Sunday morning here teach the whole day on Sunday turn back on Monday I mean it was ridiculous I got to know all the hostesses of Delta Airlines really well <laughs> I, I imagine that you weren't sleeping much <laughs> no no I wasn't <laughs> And are you, are, do you still work in New York at all? Not in, not regularly, not in teaching. I mean, I come for concerts and I right. come uh, for master classes, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't fly back. That, no, that's no. not happening anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, every and two so weeks, no. You, you, you were at Juilliard for school and you started the, the pre-college program there. Did you do, was that exactly. when you were still a student when? Happened? No, actually, the order of things <laughs> is that um, I came to Juliet as an exchange student with okay. uh, the Royal Academy of Music in London. Oh, okay. So, right. and yes, because obviously, I mean, the fees were impossible 
for me or my family to pay. So I had that brilliant idea, absolutely brilliant actually, that I went to present to the Royal Academy Dean of Studies. And I said, well, you know, I've heard that it's possible that a student from the US comes here and I go. So we did that. Uh, I think it was the first and last time that they ever did it. But I was a student at Royal Academy and then, um, I was studying for a year in uh, the class of Sharon, and then I stayed, actually. Then I entered the master's. I auditioned for the master's degree, and I did stay. Okay. Uh, and I did my master's, and then I stayed even more. So. <laughs> <laughs> when, when were you, when were you uh, there um, for your master's? What years? I was there? there. I arrived in 92, okay. and I left in 2005. Yeah, that, so. so that was that was pretty pretty early in the program. It had just started around yes. that time, right? Indeed. Were you in the first class? Indeed. Yes. Oh, what? Uh, no, I was not the first class. I was not okay. the first class, but I was. Uh, I think three years later. I think that Sharon started probably eighty nine. Okay, it was that um, early. Okay, I, I really, I mean, yeah. that goes back in, in my history. And now as I'm, becoming, as I'm becoming more and more of a dinosaur here, I'm just, this is really a long time ago. But I do remember um, the very first uh, international flight I ever took was to go and compete in Havana in Cuba in the, oh the Leo Brower competition. Wow. So I was, <laughs> I was sitting in that bus that was taking us from the hotel to the competition place and the festival place in Havana. And I was sitting all the way in the back with Rose Augustine. Oh my gosh. Rose was there. Oh my gosh, is right. Rose was there and she was lovely. She was very, very nice. And she was saying, well, you know, females and the guitar and you know, Sharon is being I barely knew Sharon. I don't think I knew Sharon is really. I mean, I was just out of Greece. I was 18. I had, you know, I knew Presti, Lagoya, Segovia, you know, Yepes, Williams, and (laughs) Brie. And that was about it, (laughs) you know. I was clueless. But she said, you know, and uh, Sharon is amazing. And uh, she's starting uh, a guitar uh, department at the Juilliard School that was in 88. So I think that's probably. Uh, I've heard from Rose Augustine that the first time. Right, okay. And uh, wow. uh, yeah, that's ancient history. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I remember those years as well. <laughs> um, oh, so, you were a baby back then. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. I think you and I might be around the same age. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> and actually, this, this is funny. Um, we've met before. Did we really? Yes. Oh, now, now is where you're cutting this part out and I'm becoming blushing <laughs> for everybody no, that is not we, seeing me. <laughs> we, we met at, at GFA in Buffalo in, would that be 94, 93, 94? I was not in Buffalo. You were in Buffalo. No, 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 not in the competition. No, the year that, that Kevin Gallagher won. But you were there, weren't you? No. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe it wasn't there. I thought who, it was. I th- who there was a- looks like me? Now I need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there was a party in in a hotel room, and I I was there, and I I know that Matt Gould was there, and Kevin Ma or uh, um, Andrew Ma was Gallagher. there. Um, huh. Kevin Kevin Gallagher was there. Um, 
Garrett Vustamon, Ivan Rijos was there. I could swear that you were there, but maybe it wasn't Buffalo. I was not there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> Where was that? Then? Did, does, does that does that sound familiar around that time, 93, 94? Some, was there some, no, some was festival not, I or something? Wasn't, I was not in Buffalo. Okay. No, Maybe I was in uh, Buffalo. I can't uh, no, no, no. It might have been. <laughs> there was another competition that uh, I did with Kevin, but mm, was Ivan? Yeah. That was in California, though. The, okay, yeah, it was, no, it been the that, first I mean. edition of uh, <laughs> the Stotzenberg. But okay, were you okay. there? No. No, I wasn't there. No. No. Oh, no, man. you take me for someone else now. We have to find out who else has curly hair. You're looking like. That's right. But the thing is, that do I sound alike? I mean, the curly hair, yes. Well, hair I hadn't in heard, a Greek I hadn't accent. Heard play you know? yet. <laughs> I, I, I hadn't no, no, no. I mean, my voice. Oh, I, I, and my I, accent. I, I, the accent, I, yeah, I remember the accent. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Oh my goodness! No, that's that cannot so be. Cannot be. <laughs> that's, indeed, that's awesome. indeed. <laughs> so okay, so you were you, you came over to to New York to study Juilliard. And you said ninety five. Ninety five. No, ninety two. Okay. And then 92. I did study. Okay. I stayed around. It was that desperate year of ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Well, yes, the, the desperate year of ninety five. The right. spring, because the GFA was in the fall. It was where I, when I finished Juilliard, and right. I had nothing. I had no career. <laughs> I had no money. I absolutely had no green card, no work. But that spring, I must have sent out about 500 handwritten letters asking for a, any kind of a teaching Anything. position yeah. <laughs> in the entire Brooklyn, New Jersey, New York area. Yeah. And I got one response in 500. My that goodness. was how desperate it was. One response to go out in New Jersey, two hours drive to a lovely lady that we became, you know, good friends that she had a private um, academy to actually teach an electric guitar student that I've never oh touched gosh. an electric guitar. As a poor kid, you know, oh <laughs> started doing gosh. scales. <laughs> oh my God, you're right. And that was the spring of 95. And so there I realized I better come up with an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and my idea was apart to just sit inside the entire summer and prepare the GFA. I had three months to make it work. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I had to pack my bags and go home <laughs> in Greece. <laughs> so the other idea was actually something I did notice um, for men, you know, during my studies. I had noticed that there was no real preparation for prep students uh, that want, you know, serious, talented young teenagers yeah. that would like yeah. to pursue. Um, you know, serious conservatory uh, studies in the mm -hmm. classical guitar. There was nothing really structured uh, in where, you know, in, in the cosmopolitan area of New York. Right. And so I went to Sharon and I said, look, you've got a fabulous department. What about since I started with you, we get along well, you know the way I play, we agree on a lot of things. How about if I, if I send a letter to 
the president of Juilliard, present myself that I could start the pre-college guitar division. And um, Sharon was, said, yes, that's a brilliant idea, absolutely. And that was that. I mean, <laughs> thinking about it back then. <laughs> well, it's, so then what's that, funny to yeah. me is that like nobody had thought of that before. You know, I mean, how Indeed. how is it how is That's it that, that never crossed too. anybody's mind? You know, <laughs> and, and good for you. Obviously, for... <laughs> it takes a Greek to come, you know, to town. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, and so I did send the letter, and uh, and Sharon supported it obviously the initiative and I started that September and a month later I won the GFA wow, so that was 95 started badly and turned out well <laughs> that was where that. was the GFA that year was that in La Jolla that was Northridge Northridge California okay. yeah yeah fantastic that was the, was the other first time was it was that the first time that you competed no, the, yes, the first time I competed in the GFA, but also the first time that flew to California. No, right. actually, I did the Stotzenville, so no, okay. it was not the first time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Who else no, was in the first year? Do you remember? Um, Elena Papandreou, that came okay. second. A German um, fellow that we reconnected at one point quite recently, and I hope he's not listening because I don't remember his name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's okay. We, we can Google these things. <laughs> Jesus. I don't remember his name. And uh, was it three players or four players? <laughs> God. <laughs> yes, it's a blank. I would have remembered yeah. everyone if I was, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't remember. No. Yeah. And then, and then so I remember you, a lot of things from that GFA, but I, I remember <laughs> the five minutes before I walk on stage. I remember the person that almost entered the stage while I was playing Sevilla in the finals. Very made the wrong door, you know. So here I see from the side of the guitar, the fingerboard, a person walking straight on stage, and I'm thinking, <laughs> Who is this person? You just continue. You just don't stop. You can maybe he goes back. That's did, right. Did, did somebody actually come out on stage while you were playing? Or they, no. They just, yeah, they yeah almost, but the audience couldn't see it. Oh, my gosh. He was, you know, covered. <laughs> I could see him. Do we, do we know who this was? <laughs> no idea. No, no, no. Maybe he does if he's listening. <laughs> it was the he unnamed German up. guitarist. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Wow. So that was that was quite a year for you, and and uh, and then you you immediately embarked on a, a con your concert tour. Yes. So. Then exactly. So then things really took off. I mean, it's not that I did nothing before. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it's not like that because um, uh, it it was from eighteen on. It was a you know a straight applied very focused, hardworking, yeah. lots of, uh, not obstacles, but a lot of uh, yeah, difficult times in the sense, uh, you know, for a, for a, even though I was born in Athens and raised in a big city, I mean, 
going from Athens to London by myself, completely in the How age of, of 20, with not, yeah, 20 years old, but without really a language. I mean, I had the proficiency. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I ended in a bus in London and I couldn't understand a single thing. Nothing. Oh Jesus, oh zero. Terrible. So, <laughs> by the end of the day, I would just be so dead tired that nothing, it would be a noise, you know? English right. would be absolutely a noise. So from that to to the loneliness, to to the difficulties, to kind of, you know, educational structure I've never had before. So um, there was a lot, a lot of, you know, a lot of obstacles. I was telling the other day to my daughters because my older daughter was asking me how old was I when I went to London and I told uh-huh. her. And I said, you know, guess what? You know, I remember every single red telephone booth <laughs> around Albert Hall oh <laughs> and the Royal gosh. College of, of, yeah, of Music and the Royal Academy. I remember them because I have cried in it, oh. calling my father. Oh, oh I'm gosh. coming back. That is too much, you know. Oh so it, it, it was, a de- I mean, it was um, very challenging. At the same yeah. time, exhilarating, extremely fabulous, you know, just yeah. the first time I've listened to a decent uh, orchestra or um, yeah. and fabulous concert. What a so, place. Yes, I mean, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> so, so, you know, during- arriving, I was a veteran by the GFA. I was feeling I was old. <laughs> I was old. I knew how life was. Yeah. <laughs> All these illusions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so when, when you were living in London, you know, being, being dropped in that, that new, new place and, and being very young and, and not, you know, not, not having the language skills that you wanted and whatnot. How did that, how did that work its way into your study? You know, um, did you did you kind of were you able to throw yourself into your study to kind of help yourself Completely. with that? Yeah, is or, or did it it's affect really it? It's funny, in- you know. This question is actually it's interesting now because it's been a long time, so I, there is a little bit of a of a distance to to look at. Um, but it's true that one of my biggest fears leaving um, leaving Greece. To, to go and, st- and study the guitar. I mean, to go to do a postgraduate, for Christ's sake. At 20 years old, I want to do a postgraduate, which is ridiculous. I should have done a bachelor's one, basically. But somehow, <laughs> my diploma <laughs> counted as a postgraduate. It's just in any case. So I arrived to do a postgraduate, you know. And, um, and my biggest fear was, like, would I be able to actually practice right. the guitar for more than an hour a day. I was not practicing really. I mean, I just, nobody should be listening to this interview, basically. I'm not giving a good example here. <laughs> but, I think it's perfect. <laughs> uh, that's what I was saying. I'm not a good example, obviously, right now for any kind of 16, 17 year old. But I would practice before a concert. I would practice before, I mean, I did the, the Havana competition, so I did practice uh, that spring. <laughs> I mean, but it was not a structured practicing. It was not, I see, you know, 15-year-olds right now. We've had some amazing 15-year-olds in Volterra, and I, I admire them right. enormously. 
I mean, I had the guitar. I was a good student. I had my, you know, basketball. I broke nails. I turned fingers. <laughs> you know, I windsurfed. <laughs> I didn't practice really, and so I was wondering. <laughs> so that was one big fear, and the other big fear that is a little bit altogether is like whether I, I belonged in a sense because. Yes, okay, so I was a talented uh, student in my teacher's class, mm -hmm. which was one of the best classes in of guitar in Greece. I did get a recognition in Cuba, in Cuba, which was a little right. bit of a first, you know, reassurement that yes, okay, so it's not just a good sure. student in, in Athens, you know. But then that was that was a little bit of a constant thing. So I remember saying to to students around, uh, you know, Volterra this summer with a glass of wine, <laughs> saying that for me the, the the best, the first masterclasses or the first, you know, comments, positive comments, or even the first um, achievements in competitions in the competitions that I did in the academy. In the academy, I did every single competition and audition, and I got them all in a sense. Yeah. So it was not because I was arrogant or I was full of myself or because I, I was highly competitive. I think that the drive be behind that was basically every, every, you know, in a sense, win or every... Um, moment that I would get an, an award or anything, it was, it reassured me that yes, you know, I'm not thousands of miles away from yes. home doing, doing something that my parents really supported and believed in it. But I mean, this was kind of a far-fetched <laughs> thing. <laughs> so it was a little bit like that. Yeah. And in, in all that sense, I truly threw myself completely in. So as I said, I did all the, the awards. I auditioned for all the Brim masterclasses. I did a the, the concerto competition. I did everything in the academy, yeah. chamber music and everything. <laughs> I mean, the first year. <laughs> and it, it, I, I actually, I did grow enormously. I made sure. really good friends that uh, actually um, one of my best friend there was, and still is actually a good friend, um, a mezzo soprano that we were in the first year we played. We met in the Robert Spencer's, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, oh, you know, uh, lute uh, mm -hmm. song class. And thank God Yolanda would mm -hmm. had the patience to actually would go, okay, now you take a deep breath. <laughs> and you try once more. What did you want to say? <laughs> Wonderful, yeah. So, so it what was. was a, what was the guitar guitar program at, at the Royal Academy? What, what was it like at that time? Like, was it was it, it was international? Great. Was it mostly British yeah. people or? <clears throat> yeah, actually. Um, yeah, that first year, I don't. I don't remember, because Gary Ryan was there. We were um, first year, and the Mark, um, the Eden and um, uh, Duo, Mark and Mark Ashford was there. Okay. Um, what is the other, the other duo? Mark Eden was there. So there were Bridget was there. there was a lot of a lot of fine uh, yeah. musicians that. Uh, 
actually distinguish themselves throughout the years. Okay. But I don't remember another international student. Okay. Maybe I'm mistaken. Then again, you know, I'm making <laughs> and you were a mess. John yeah. Mills, right? I was starting with John Mills, yeah. and actually, that was the first year that John was there. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I think I think so. And that was actually that has another funny story. In that is that uh, when the competition in Cuba finished, and I was a finalist, I took uh, a prize for the South American interpretation. I had a, a chat with Leo Brower. He wanted to do help me obviously and he said I was with my father translating you know with my poor English I was trying to <laughs> so he asked me with whom I would like to study with and so I thought hey this is a one in the million chances oh I was gosh. fast enough to understand that yeah. <laughs> said if you get Leo Brower to ask you that maybe you might as well answer who you would really like to study Absolutely. with Julian, Julian Bream and so oh I said gosh. well <laughs> He's not really teaching anywhere, but I know that John Mills is starting in the academy. And this is the only place that actually Julian is giving masterclasses. So this is how everything started. Just completely, Amazing. yeah, a little bit like that, you know. Back then it was normal. It felt right. actually normal. In fact, it was not normal. <laughs> That's that's amazing. That's great. Yeah, so, and, and you did so that, you did play for for Julian Bream, right? You took classes. I with did. Him? I did. Yes, absolutely. Wow. I did have classes with him. I wish that technology was much more advanced back then, so they would be recorded. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so I could just go back and cherish every single moment, you know, because I really think <laughs> that um, good lessons are like, are like spectacular psychotherapy. So you get information that you remember right then. And then you have a lifetime to remember the rest. <laughs> yes. You just didn't actually capture. I was so nervous. I that was. Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. How many classes did you take with him? I had four, three or four. Oh my gosh! I was just uh, every semester. And then I did the Julian Brin Prize that I won uh -huh. that year with. Okay. Uh, that was a very unique experience as well. You know, that was even before I played for him in the class. So I had to enter a room. I had no idea how it's gonna be. So we had to audition with a piece, with Tarantella by the Desco, okay. to be allowed to actually compete. Okay. So the whole class, okay. And then I was gonna enter and play. But you see, these things that nobody asks and nobody <laughs> talks about, it's like, so you're gonna enter and you're gonna play. Is he going to be sitting on stage? Is he going to be sitting behind the desk in two meters? So I enter, and here is Julian Brim, you know, oh my, my idol. Oh my <laughs> all the years growing up. I might not have practiced, but I did have a night. The, that's the first that you, you, you met him, was, was to play that's for the right. prize? That's right, exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, and not only he's right How there. How could you I even know. play? <laughs> no, I don't know, actually. <laughs> None of the things, you know. Oh. So not only he was right there, he was he was going to he was sitting to the chair. I was, you know, next to the chair I was supposed to be sitting on, on like a meter away. So oh my gosh. I, I had to play on, you know, I was on the stage of that little concert hall. He was right there on me with me on stage. Oh, so wow. I was all pumped, all focused, getting. He starts talking to me. And I'm thinking. <laughs> What am I supposed to play? <laughs> what was it that I actually had to play? 
Oh my God. So where are you from? And how do you pronounce your name? Which is your teacher here? You know, oh, my wow. life story. And the only thing I'm thinking of, I don't think I had another conversation with Brim back then. It was the first and last for two years. Instead of enjoying it, I'm thinking, is she going to stop? I have to focus here. Is she going to stop? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Do you remember what you played? I played Tarantella by Tedesco. Okay. So I did. And then there is more to it, you know? So then I had a, the academy had, you know, several floors. I don't remember, like four, five, maybe. And I didn't take the, um, the elevator because I was okay. pumped with adrenaline after I finished playing. <laughs> so I ran to the top to have a lesson with John Mills. So okay. I ran up, took a lesson, and then they knock at our door and said, you have to come down because Julian Bim wants to hear a couple of people again. Said, so oh John looked at me and said, that's a first, and said, Okay, I guess I'm one of the few people. So I'm running down, you know. I don't know how I didn't fall on the guitar, just broke my head. And, you know. <laughs> so I ran down and I was out. Brim comes out and said, yes. Well, you know, you all played so beautifully and there were so many tarantellas that I need to hear two people again. So it was me and Mark Ashford. I get in and to start again the tarantella. He starts talking to me again. So I said, <laughs> okay, now <laughs> this is going to be my life story. <laughs> so I sat down and I played about probably the first page. So he stopped and said, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, you can go now. <laughs> said, okay. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh. No, I can't. I, no, I, I, I absolutely mean, can't. I, I can't. I, I, I guess if you if you are in it, you know, it's like you swim. You are in right. Atlantic with the sharks. I mean, you swim. So <laughs> I swam. <laughs> no, he was not the shark. You can bring, but I was nervous. Right, right. No, yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, amazing. I've I've heard I've heard people talk about his teaching, and you know, it, it, one of the things I've heard from several people is he says things like. You know, that was almost good. <laughs> well, I mean, that, you know, don't forget that that's also British, eh? Yeah, I remember, I mean, I, the first time that John Mills gave me a compliment and it was, hmm, that was not bad. Right? <laughs> that, that was a compliment. <laughs> I finished the lesson and I called long distance my parents saying, you know what? I don't think I'm doing that bad here. I mean, I I had to call my parents to say, look. He said not, not bad. Not, he said not bad. So almost good is even better. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. So anyway. okay, so you did you did the, the exchange to, to Juilliard and then ended up coming here to, to study. Yes. When um after after you after you graduated Juilliard and you did you did the the, the tour for GFA, mm -hmm. did you did you move back to New York after that? Yes, my, my New York. I taught Juilliard almost for uh, nine, oh, wow. nine and okay. a half years. Okay. And um, yes, I moved um, away halfway to the tenth year. So yes, I did okay. teach ten years there. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, um, it was great. Yeah, and it you were living nice. in the city. 
I was living in the city and then I moved to Astoria and then I moved back to the city, of course, you know, like every good New Yorker. And, and, and then you moved back. You moved moved to Brussels in, in 2004. And then I moved to Brussels with my husband. Um, and yes, we had uh, we had our family here. Our, both our daughters were born in uh, oh, Brussels. Okay. okay. And do, yes. did you did you move back to or did you move to Brussels? To teach at the conservatory was that is that yes. the reason why? Okay. Yes. No, it was not the reason why. Uh, the reason the conservatory was uh, no. The reason why is that we when we were thinking seriously of having a family um, of of having children, we realized that we would like that our kids keep a little bit more than you know uh, folklore our um, cultures uh-huh. and we knew that uh, new york city would not have been so that was one of the main reasons to be closer to the grandparents because uh-huh. we esteemed and we still we know we were right in the, how we felt is that we, we we thought it would be extremely important for our kids to have grandparents even if they're in three hours away and sure. not you know seven and Across ten ocean, flight yeah. <laughs> And uh, and also, although we absolutely loved New York City, we knew that uh, you know a musician and a historian, <laughs> it would have been really <laughs> tough to give to our children <laughs> exactly to give to our children everything that our parents gave to us without being multimillionaires. So right. to you know to provide languages and music education and a good education and without having all the public and insurance. I mean, I remember health insurance was such a difficult situation in New York. So then when the point came to where do I look for for positions outside New York City and move anywhere in the United States, or do I look in Europe? My husband was doing his PhD at the moment, so I thought, okay, I'll look back to Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's how it all came. I mean, right. then I looked and the brasses was opening and that was how it happened. Great. It was yeah. a little bit a little bit planned. That was one of the few things that was a little bit planned. Everything else you've heard up to now was really not planned. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know, you you had you had some had some experience and some wisdom and you were able to make make some decisions and that's 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 really great, you know. And I you know, what Part of what I hear is you didn't you, you didn't necessarily want your, your children to be swallowed by the American cultural monster. <laughs> Not really, no, but you know what? It's just when I lived in Astoria, I men very often experienced um, scenes in that uh, <laughs> that train, you know, the end train. That I I somehow did not I project to my future, and I did not want that to be part of my future in the sense that you had three generations of Greeks, you know, the kids, the 16 year old, the father and the grandmother, the father would translate Mm -hmm. between the grandmother and the kid. And there will be no, I mean, it, it, it seemed so strange to me. Yeah. It seemed so strange. Probably, I mean, of course, dynamics, and uh, they're completely unique and they, they, they were probably absolutely totally fine. Right. I mean, we, we have a very hybrid <laughs> hybrid language within our house, you know, it's just my yeah. kids 
speak French at school, so their education is in French. We speak Italian and Greek in the house, and then yeah. English is around. So it's not, I mean, our, our personal family language is, is, is a puzzle, you know, a collage of all that. So, and that's we're happy in it. You know? yeah, if, if someone fantastic. else listens to that would say, my goodness, these people are nuts. So, so I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not judging it in any manner. Sure. I, just, I, I just felt, and so did my husband, that we did not want that necessarily. Yeah. You see? But I, I had a friend who recently traveled to Europe and, and he, it's, it's the first time he had, he had been there. And he was, he was just struck by how people there commonly speak three or four different languages, you know, because we don't do that here. Like no. people, people <laughs> in the United States do not do that. You and, don't need to do that. <laughs> well, we should do it for, well, for our brain's sake, I say. Exactly. Um, that that's actually know. will work and for flexibility. I, I think, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's, it's it, the study of languages is, is, is so important, not, not only just to open your, your mind to things that have been created in other languages and, presenting access to that, but also this idea that, you know, and I remember when I was studying German, just thinking, thinking about an object and, and a German person calls this a stool, I call it a chair. It's what's the essence of that item. It's, it's not really a chair. It's not really a stool. It's just, it's a thing, but just to have a thought like that, that's why we should be studying languages, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, course, and I think it's, course. it just blows your mind open. Of course. You know, and, yeah. And, so, but it was, yeah, so I, 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 I get that. So, and your, your husband's Italian? My husband is Italian, okay. yes. Are, are his, his parents still in Italy? His parents are still in Italy. They are okay. in Pisa. And okay. so this uh, bridges us to the Volterra project because, I mean, Volterra project started a little bit like that. Okay. When our, our first daughter was born, we would go and spend a month and a half. Then, uh, and I did not want to travel. I mean, I did cut down substantially for uh, the first years of my kids. Um, we, we thought, I, I always, okay, well, the, the genesis of the Volterra project was not just there, but the location, yes, was very much inspired by the family location of, of okay. Michele and, and by, by just the vicinity of, uh, of our life in the summer. I, you know? I stayed a week in Pisa yeah. in 2018. It was oh. Amazing. Unbelievable. Loved it. <laughs> you know, everybody was, oh, you got to go to Florence. You got to go to Florence. And, and you know, I, I just, I thought, I thought Pisa was great. <laughs> Pisa is beautiful. I think, I think probably Pisa is more beautiful than Florence. I mean, Florence is gorgeous, but in the summer it's really hot with a yeah. tons of, of tourists. Yeah. So you have to go off season to really enjoy Florence. That is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Pisa is very unique too. Um, Absolutely, the um, very very pretty. It's, is, is the Volterra project? Is that is it in Pisa? No, no. the Volterra project is in Volterra. It's outside Volterra. Volterra. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> and um, but the, uh, our arrival point is Pisa, so okay. that's the international airport. So we pick up everyone with vans at the airport of Pisa, and then we have an hour drive to go to to Volterra. Okay. And um, uh, yes. How, how long how long have you been doing the Volterra project? Last year was the 15th year. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh no my gosh. Time flies. <laughs> Here, right. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, there's, there's this new thing called the Volterra That's Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 15 years, my gosh. 15 years <laughs> of a new thing. Actually, the beauty of the Volterra Project is every year is a little bit of a new thing because it is indeed 
a project in a sense of, of an alive uh, project that changes and yet, how do you say, uh, change to the needs of the young students, yeah. The, yeah. The, the desires, their problems, their questions, everything that, uh, that uh, they cannot find anywhere else. And every year we get the, the feedback of the, t of the, of the class uh -huh. and we try to see what we can bring on. So right. it has been a very much an alive new thing every year. <laughs> so you're fantastic. not that fine. That sounds great. Yeah. So do you do you communicate with the students before the, the event about about those things, things that they're thinking about, things that they think they need and, and well the students we hope that the students get into the trouble to actually read what is in the website. <laughs> I know, and I know they do because the kind of, of um, students that we attract are those that they look for something that is different than a, a regular um, festival or uh -huh. a workshop. Uh -huh. Because it is very particular what we do in Volterra. So I really do think that they do read. And our communication before with the students, we always um, receive their um, bios and we ask them. So the business teacher, the business of music teacher contacts them and mm -hmm. asks uh, to have an idea what are their, um, how do you say? Um, what is the word? Yes, what, what, what are they coming in for? But uh, what are they looking for? Mm -hmm. What are their main uh, worries or main interests? But that is also very obvious in their motivation letter because um, in Volterra Project, we don't ask for a tape. Only the scholarship um, applicants okay. have to send the tape. Okay. We don't ask for a tape. So what we do ask for and pay a lot of attention to is the motivation letter. Okay. In a sense, the motivation letter shows us why that student at that particular moment in his life feels that the Volterra project is what he is looking for. Okay. What is it that he thinks he can go, he can take home with him? Mm -hmm. How he thinks that experience will enrich him, change him, teach him, sure. you see? So yeah. it's not just one more masterclass right. to put in his bio. It's not one more, uh, you know, scholarship, um, a win to put right. on a line. I mean, it has, in a sense, Volterra project has to fit him and they fit, they have to fit the Volterra project. Otherwise they're in sure. the wrong place. So somewhat personalized. Do you, yeah. is, do you have a limited number of, of exactly. spots? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. How, how many students? So um, we have 14, okay. an absolute maximum of 14. We cannot go over because we started with 10 okay. and then the Agriturismo prepared uh, two more rooms. So now we can have 14. <laughs> and uh, last year with COVID, because the, the first summer of COVID, we didn't do it. We did a semi-hybrid uh, digital thing. And, um, and then last year we did uh, the first COVID edition, and then we accepted only eight. Okay. Because they had to have independent individual rooms, usually they split rooms. Right. So yes, we have 14 people. We all uh, live in that big villa in the middle mm -hmm. of nowhere. Wonderful. And um, we have 
I have only one guest artist every year. Uh-huh. So it is myself and a guest artist. And then we have the team, the rest of the team are our two assistants that are actually giving also the improvisation course since last year. Okay. We have an acting coach, um, oh an, an acting director that talks about brings on board all the acting techniques to deal with. How long have you been doing that? Uh, four years. Wow, what a great idea. What a fantastic yeah. idea so that is. Talking about how you present your pieces, sure. how, oh, you so on stage, how you yeah. deal with stage fright. But apart from that also, how to bring a character alive. Absolutely. Because my that, that started from my idea, personal idea, that I think that the, that the, that the performing artist, a soloist on, on uh, stage, that has to switch from piece to piece is like an actor that has to play five, six different monologues. And he has to be dead on in the character of every composition immediately. Nobody talks about this. This this is fantastic. (laughs) I think it's essential. I really think it's it's essential. Yeah. Wow. I really think it's essential. So that is what we've been doing for four years now. Then we have a physiology teacher that actually is talking about... Not exactly Alexander and not exactly Feldenkrais and not exactly Rolfing, but it is, she's a dancer and she comes from background of of, uh, improvisation in dance and teaching kids. So um, her system is putting together body movement Mm -hmm. and, um, and, uh, how do you say, conditioning. Right. Musician is an athlete. Absolutely. And so... Every morning, you know, at eight at eight thirty, in the middle of Tuscany, here's a group of crazy people outside, starting with stretching exercises <laughs> that Wonderful. goes on rhythmic improvisation with, you know, movement. So oh, it is, it is quite you know, kind of a unique thing. And then what else do we have? We have the um, business. So that uh-huh. is a seminar where you talk about everything. You know, the kids leave with um, a bio, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a fixed bio, corrected and put in order. <laughs> if, uh, with a private session with a business person. Last year we had Martha Masses, for example. This coming I, I year saw we the, had uh, the virtual um, lecture, yes. lecture that she did, and, the online lecture. It was fantastic. Exactly. And then this coming here, we have um, the Dean of Arts from uh, the Dublin University. Okay. That, uh, she's also a pianist. She was the director of the, of the conservatory out in Dublin. So she brings, she has been in both worlds. And so we're talking about everything, about contract signing and, and uh, subsidies and, and uh, project creating sure. and, you know, CD and programs and repertoires right. and whatever, what, what they need. Yeah, they, they absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, when I was in school, not nobody really talked about any of that at exactly. all. Exactly. You know, but that was exactly my issue. Doing kind of thing, and exactly. And, and but I remember my terror. But that yeah. was that was the genesis <laughs> of. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's exactly right. You know, it's, it's it was the genesis of the Volterra project was was basically I wanted to give to to the students yeah. what I didn't have. Right. Which was basically they threw me. <laughs> Swim now. <laughs> They're the sharks again. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. Eh? I no, mean, sure, um, sure. and in a sense, 
I really think that this kind of approach should be in every conservatory. Absolutely. America has a little bit more. I mean, I remember having a business of music in Juilliard in 93. Yeah. I mean, it was already something. Right. But that was very early for that kind of thing. Very early, now, and it was know. not complete, of course, and right. everything. But I really, that was the desire. My desire right. was to basically, you know, since I had that those experiences the hard way, right. maybe I can ease it out, sure. ease it up, ease it out for the youngers, the younger generation. Yeah. And, and just prepare and them. How 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 long is the event? How long are, are you there? The event is nine nights, so it's okay. ten days. Fantastic. And, so it and ends up to be. You, you mentioned that you you've started a a youth. Uh, yes, actually, <laughs> that's a drive, and that okay. is. A, I have to give the the thanks to that to Scott Camille, you know, the my old friend Scott from the San Francisco Pre College Conservatory. That okay. right, the second year of Volterra, so that's you know, thirteen years ago. Oh, he wrote God. to me and said, "Well." And how about the young talented ones? I said, well, Scott, I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it takes, you know, adventurous parents to send their kids here yeah. with the wildlife of Tuscany, you know, wild boars and snakes and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so since then, every year we accept a very talented minor. I okay. their approach. So this one. year we had... I mean, it happens sometimes. This year we had two. We had a 15-year-old okay. and we had a 16-year-old. And the 16-year-old okay. 16 was actually um, an American student that was also the winner of a scholarship. Oh, you should okay. check out his video. is out there. A, fabu a really talented kid. Fabulous kid. And, um, and so all these years we've been thinking that maybe since we're trying to a little bit change the way that you know, young classical guitarists think mm -hmm. in a sense that is not just about 15 hours a day of practicing. It's not just about <laughs> guitar music. It's not about changing professors, you know, like going to a festival and having 15 lessons with 15 different people going home and playing the same because I mean, how much of information can you afford? <laughs> it's about thinning of your body, you know, trying yeah. to create your identity as a performer, not copying everybody that These are all very like long-term concerns too. Exactly. You know, it's not, it's not just a momentary thing of what can I get right now from this this master class exactly. on this piece. It's 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 more like thinking no, these are it's, things it's, that, it's, that, that you develop and carry with you through exactly. your entire career. And the idea is that the idea is is basically um create a, a different way of approaching a life with music. Yeah. Love it. And uh, Love it. and so we thought, well, maybe we should uh, just also introduce that to younger generations. Sure. So yeah. we're doing it. We're going for it. And I don't know what we're going to do because COVID is very unstable. And uh, <laughs> so, but we're going to do it. And we're doing it in May. Uh, inscriptions okay. are open already. So we're doing it in May, uh, the 24th, I think. Am I, am I too May? old to apply? <laughs> <laughs> for the junior, yes, but for the normal, no. <laughs> Let's see. I, I see 10 days in Tuscany, wonderful classical guitar <laughs> event. I, I see no downside. I think. <laughs> 
So anyway, for the for the for the junior though, it's going to be in Brass in Belgium. So it's in a oh, little okay. adorable village outside Ghent. So it's you're doing a separate be, event for, for a separate event that's oh, going to be wow. in May, a, oh, a long weekend. And uh, we are accepting students from 12 to 17. And there is a slightly different curriculum. So their improvisation is in immediately. Okay. Um, guitar orchestra is in. Okay. Uh, but we have only eight students. We cannot start with more right now. Okay. And um, is then that of the course- Is the original plan to have just eight or is it- do you, do you No, like the original plan is eventually, yeah, if we feel that we can pull it and we can do it. We have no subsidies this year. We have absolutely zero. So we depend on basically uh, getting this. Nobody gets paid, you know, it's like that. It's, it's, it's a child of love, you know, like back in the 70s, we're back yep. there. Peace <laughs> <laughs> and love, that's it. <laughs> and so, and, um, and then the business part, we're doing physiology, of course. So uh, the same physiology teacher will be uh, coming here as well. And the twist, if we can pull it, is that the business, <laughs> it's going to be for the parents. So oh. basically music is a, a music is a family business. Yeah. Because I really think that if you don't it have- It makes a difference. Yeah, it makes a huge If you don't difference. have the right support yeah. as a young artist and an old artist, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <through> <laughs> It doesn't have to be financial, the support. Right, of course. The, the financial is, is not that it's not relevant, but the emotional support is mm -hmm. key. And I really think that uh, for me, is what did it, it was that. It was the fact that on the other end of that red telephone line where I was crying, there was a mother and a father that really believed in me, not necessarily yeah. in what I will be doing in the future, but believed right. in what I wanted to do. And they were there a hundred percent. And they did not say a hundred times over and over, but my child, just come back, right. just come right. back, come home, sure. you sure. know? Yeah. So my, uh, that's... I, my mother, well, a lot of her friends couldn't believe that she was sending her son off to study music, you know? And I can believe that. Her her response was, I don't understand it myself, but I have to support him. It's what he wants to do. Exactly. And you know, I, I actually just now got goosebumps chills thinking about that, you know, and just how important that was. Because I mean it's it's Absolutely. hard enough as it is. It's hard to be young, Absolutely. first of all. It's hard to go out in the world, you know, and then to do this, it's difficult. And I can't I couldn't have imagined having to fight that fight on top of all of the Oh my God, absolutely. Of doing that, you know, and, and, and there are I no just, guarantees. It, it was a real blessing, you know, there was a real exactly. blessing. Absolutely. Exactly, absolutely, absolutely. And and the thing is that there are no guarantees. I mean, these days there is no, there are no guarantees. You know, you take right. a, a degree, a university degree, there is, there is no guarantee that you're going to have work. But somehow in the minds of, of people, I think still that exists, that um, a university degree is, uh, is much more solid than right. a music degree, sure. you know? And so there, so yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, that, that's, that sounds uh, just fantastic. Sounds like a, a great, just what a wonderful event and how, how awesome to, that, you, that you're doing that and continuing to do that yeah. and 
Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. my dear, I'm just uh, not only did I have the chance to have, a, a, have the fortune to have a good uh, good parents, but I have a, a saint next to me. <laughs> my oh. husband is fantastic in that, and it's he's the hidden side of the Volterra project. So I right. am the vitrine, <laughs> <laughs> and Michele does everything the grand writing, the website. Wow. He's the cook at the Volterra project and feeds everyone with feasts of Tuscan oh food. Oh my gosh, and uh, yes, and without him, you know, there is a music is not only family business, but uh, yeah, yeah. but a musical career is a family business, course, and, and raising kids is a family business, so yes. it's just How all about that. My older is 17 in okay. a month and my youngest is 12. Okay. So, so the, the 17 year old looking to go to college soon, is that what's happening? Yes, she's, uh, she's looking more and more seriously into medical school. Wow, oh my goodness. Yeah, no kidding. Where, where, where there is an era that we have no idea what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> and where, is she, where, will she, where will she go to school? Will she, will she be in, in Belgium? Yes, well, for the moment, she's because she's uh, on a francophone education. So okay. she will be looking into Belgium, maybe Switzerland, okay. maybe France. Although, from what I understand, France is overcrowded with uh, medical schools in France. They're coming to Belgium. So, oh my but English is good, but it's not to, you know, to go to studies. We cannot afford England or America. So right. when I'm talking about that. But, uh, you know. If this is what she she wants to to do, sure. I'm sure she will figure out you know yeah. the way we will be there to to just help her out, doing our best with chemistry right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting! So, that's, that's great. And do, do you have anything else coming up um, that that we we should talk about? Anything? Any of the other big you projects? You know, I do have. Day? a huge project coming up but yeah. it's going to be when i'm going to call you yes <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it is a very meaningful uh, personal project but also for me an artistic project very strong okay. for me both and i'm going to be giving you a call and we're going to have an extra podcast in the spring <laughs> perfect i love it it's fantastic Drop the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well great so antigone it is so lovely to, to speak with you and and what an inspiration and just yeah what a dynamic individual you are and, and what a <laughs> and by the you. way you are a fantastic player um one, one of <laughs> one of my favorites i must say um and uh, I, I i enjoy i enjoy hearing you whenever Ooh. i get the, the opportunity to and maybe maybe we can we can bring you to Columbus at some point in time, and that would that would be fantastic. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. <laughs> do you do I much touring the states a, these days? Well, that's that's the thing is that this is not a secret of of a, of a project, but um, one uh, you know a COVID child was uh, is this collaboration that I stri I stroke with a, a, an old friend and a fabulous cellist that I've been doing uh, quite a bit of cello and guitar repertoire. So uh, from those digital concerts that I did last year, we had a couple of calls from the state. So right now I'm trying to pull together few a tour with few dates for not this spring but the coming spring okay 2023 okay. so um yes we have, we have a i mean i'm already <laughs> yeah so that is my plan you know after this project secret project gets into place then i want to go back and apply okay. for a okay. 
for a work visa yeah. and uh, hopefully get back a little bit on the road. And then uh, I'll be in New York for the 50 years of the GFA. In, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So I'll be there. So hopefully, you know, we can actually have a, a glass <laughs> together. <laughs> I would love that. Absolutely. And we will definitely get you back to talk about your new, your new Thank you very much for reaching out to me. You know, oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you really very much. You, so. And an honor <laughs> to be on this podcast and lovely to meet you. I mean, I really think we have never met. <laughs> <laughs> I have to figure out when, where that was now. It's, 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 it's crazy. Maybe it's, so. <laughs> <he comes. laughs> I really appreciate it's, it and uh, best of luck. And we'll, we will talk again soon. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Have a good day. This is Carl Wolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Wolwind Guitarist on Facebook. <laughs>